in a world whose hosts cried out for a replacement to Thunderdome. Thunderdome! The Top Ten is proud to bring you The Realist. The Realist! Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Top Ten Realist. It's the Realist. That's right. Uh, you know what happens when we do the... Oh, you try... Okay. Volume was way too low. This is a, a great there idea in principle, but not in actually ex- execution for me. Maybe we should buy one of those that like you hit the, the and it just goes off. It's one more thing to carry around. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's unfortunate. I don't oh, want to do it. Shit, I forgot the bongos again. All right, anyway... Welcome, everybody. This is going to be a fun uh, relist we've got lined up for you. You know the relist. You know how it works. Uh, what, the fans, uh, three people get involved. One person picks the topic. Two fans send in their lists. Matt and I choose which list to read, and then we surprise each other with the, what's on the list because we don't reveal it to each other. Uh, so you know we're going to do that. That's how we're going to do this thing. Okay. There it is. <laughs> That's how we do this thing. You people heard it. Uh, I feel like uh, Dame Lillard. You're gonna have to carry some of this, man. I'm I'm feeling a little run down from the day. So uh, yeah, it's all right. The, the beauty of a Dame is he bounces back. So there's there's, yeah, there's no problem there. Multiple times to do that. It's not a problem. <laughs> it's the guy that repeatedly doesn't show up in the playoffs. Yes, uh, that's the the guy. You know, Lowry has that reputation Lowry. to yeah. some degree. So does DeRozan, especially game ones. Uh huh. Well, they won their first one, and they, that's true. I actually won a meal on that, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I believe I believe they can finally do it <laughs> against Although, Philly, no less. They're right now they're losing to Philly. Last I saw. Oh, I mean, really? They, they oh, were down okay. by nine, uh, second quarter. Nice. Well, we'll talk about that on Sports Time. Sports tomorrow. Time. Um, yeah. So, Matt, what was uh, what was the deal? Who were the people? What was the lists? <laughs> so. Um, we have a bunch of people that are kind enough to help us now, and Alex yes. Akos is the one that uh, does the drawings for us. And he chose three names. It was Steve uh, Schluckebeyer. Nice. Eric Grebner, and then John Douse. But John Douse apparently never responded. Oh. Welcome to my world. Way to take that over for us. Thank you very much, yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris. Sometimes you got to track down like six people for a show. Wow. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, but then they hit you up like a week later and be like, I realize I screwed this up. <laughs> and you're like, eh, yeah, yeah. You I'll hold on to your it. name for that next one. And then I'll redraw from you people again. Right. When there's fucking six of you. Like, what's going on, guys? Right. What's the problem? Uh, but then, uh, so he couldn't get a hold of, ha- uh, Douse mm-hmm. and he redrew and he came up with Matt Hasso. Oh, so of we course. got Grebner v. Hasso. Hasso. He always finds his way in that Hasso. Um, he's a lucky guy, bro. He is. He is very he's lucky, a lucky guy. guy. And when he can give us a roundhouse to the face, sometimes that improves your luck. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's how life works. Are you coming to the Houston Schmodown show, Hasso? Are you going to do a a spin kick in my face? We'll see. Please Uh, tape that if you do. Yeah, I'll gladly. uh, I already had a spin kick. Last week, when I interviewed Mike Moe here at Collider, the guy who's playing Bruce Lee for the uh, Quentin Tarantino film, okay, I was very lucky to interview him for like 20 minutes, and then they wanted to do demonstrations. One of the demonstrations was him kicking a spoon out of my mouth with a roundhouse kick. That was a little unsettling, and I had to stand completely still. I'm, I'm sure it was. How could it not be? <laughs> it was a little scary, but it, it was. I stood completely still. But to fuck with him, I kept moving the spoon up and down on the first two attempts. So he missed the first two attempts. Did he? That's a little behind. That's really good. Let's <laughs> tease the guy that could kick your ass effortlessly. Let's do that. 
That seems like a good game plan. <laughs> hey, the- you, hey, fucko, fucko. <laughs> what you gonna do about it, huh? Yeah. You little guy. Yeah, that's, that's great. Antagonize the only individual. <laughs> yeah, I'm stupid See, I mean, like that. Think about the amount of hours you have to put in to be able oh. to do that on cue. No shit. On cue. Mm-hmm. Hey, kick this spoon out of this dude's mouth. No problem at all. Yeah. He, uh, he with shoes board. or without? What do you uh, want? With shoes. Okay. Which is even worse. He split a board. With his feet, the, the kick uh, split a board. I had to hold that board. So there's a lot. Of, when you see the interview, it'll be a lot of fun, and you'll get the demonstration. But yeah, I've already had a roundhouse kick near my face. Is what I had. Well, a, I want to see that board, and b, he kicked with the grain. It's easier to break on oh, that. So tricks, tricks, tricks. Well, there's just okay. If he kicked against the grain and broke it, super impressive. I'm I'm blown away. Okay, blown away. Okay, with the grain and depending on the thickness of the board. Yeah, not that hard. Well, he signed it. It's sitting on my desk. Okay. So you can invest. In, and I'm saying not that hard backwards. for somebody that's trained to do oh, that. Oh, sure. Because course, there's only course. a certain thickness they go to. Right. Uh, otherwise, you're risking serious injury. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, though, the whatever, the totem pole thing that they work on, they like kick that with their <laughs> shins until their shins become rock hard. And mm-hmm. so it's a whole different life. It sounds crazy to me. I'm good. Uh, anyway, so the subject today is what, Matt? It was the uh, in honor of a show that we did back in the day. It was uh, uh, Top Movie Dads. Oh, Top Movie Dads. Top Movie Dads. Okay, so they wanted to bring that subject back, that topic back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Why not? I kind of like that. All right, let's see your versions of what yeah. that show would have been. Do stepdads count? I don't know. Do you okay. count? Them? I, I, In, do movie stepdads count as dads, movie dads? I would imagine it depends on how much of a more actual dad they are right. than just the, the fact that they're a stepdad. Gotcha. Okay. That's just clar- clarification. Just I, yeah, I don't know. I have you no idea. You never know. Yeah, all right. Got to make sure. Uh, all right. And so uh, wh- which one are you taking? Are you taking Grebner or are you taking Hassos? Uh, I did the PDF, which I think is Hassos. Okay. okay. I will do Grebner's then. All right. Um, uh, do we need to explain the show anymore or are we good to go? Uh, I mean, it's the same as the regular show. Uh, once mm-hmm. we get their topics, we go, we barrel through it just like we do ours. I'll, uh, this week, I guess I'll do my bottom three. Then mm. John will do his bottom three. I'll do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed these two individuals' top ten lists, we create the relist between the two of us. The relist. All right. The relist. Um, all right. So I said I'd start. It yep. starts with, all right, the quick of this, which I kind of like that phrase. Some dads are missing because it's been way too long since I have seen the movie, e.g. Atticus Finch. Okay. You know, some things just have to, they stay with you. They resonate. <laughs> yeah, that's They fair. just do. Yep. I and somehow, you know, okay, that's fine. Others are not on the list because even though they are dads, we never really see them uh, be dads in the movie, e.g. John McClane, Darth Vader, etc. Oh. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Okay. And ultimately, this is my list, so I can do what I want, all uh, caps and exclamation points wow. afterwards. Wow. All right, buddy. All right. Dial it down, Hassel. Yeah, there's no need to be argumentative about Dial that. it down. Yikes. Uh, although I think I one or, two, or both of us would probably say something along those lines. True. So at number 10, uh, he's got David Mills from Taken. Okay. Not on the list. Not on the list. Yep. All right. His explanation is he does some badass shit to get his daughter back. Sure. But if that never happened, he is just an absentee dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's been out doing the spice things. He's been out doing all those other things. Yeah, whatever the secret service yeah. whatever in the world he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, and then now he's just, you know, he's put in this place. He's not really there for his daughter. That's right. Shows up getting her a gift that she doesn't want because it's something for, you know, yeah. Girl's much younger than her. He's a crap dad. He's a crap dad. Yeah. He only comes through because he uses skills 
to save his daughter from being sold. He has a specific slavery. set of skills. Yeah, it worked out. Thank God it worked out. Thank it God did. she got taken. It worked out three times. Yeah, well, really only once in my mind, but yeah. Well, under the guise of the film, he ultimately succeeds three times. <laughs> true, that's So this true. specific set of skills did him well three. That, fair, fair point. Do you think there's ever been any existence of an individual going through remotely the lines of any of these types of movies? I think yes. You think there's been somebody that's like, a plane has gone down, and a this, and a this, and a this? Yeah. Oh, you mean the Neeson, the Neeson movies? Yeah. Like, survived Just the one individual. or whatever. Pick one movie. Pick one movie and be like, do you think there's ever been anybody that's come close to, it doesn't matter these sequence of events, but something yeah. akin to this. I think maybe Walk Among the Tombstones, because that's more realistic. Okay. He's a private investigator. It re- is. Researching the death of a guy's wife or friend's wife, and then finds this like, cult-like thing. Yeah. In New York, that sounds like it could be possible, especially when you see all the details of Alice and Mac and yeah. all that shit's going on now with Carl. I'm not fighting you on that one. Yeah, that one's real. Yeah. That one feels real. I'm talking about the more fantastical ones. Just somebody that's lived life, like fought in the Crusades, and then three months later did something like this, and then survived like two, three iconic things, <laughs> akin to this movie where oh, it's yeah. like. So many banana things happens, but right. if you condense that and like, if all that happened in a year, there'd be a hell of a year. <laughs> It'd be a hell of a year. It would. So now, just like, has there been anybody that's managed to survive like five? There's the dude that, so there's somebody, I don't know the sequence of events, but yeah. was it uh, Hiroshima, then Nagasaki, or Nagasaki, then Hiroshima? I think it's, I think it's. It is Hiroshima first. I think then? it's Hiroshima first, then Nagasaki, okay. and that was it. They were like, okay, we're done. So there was a traveling salesman that was traveling to Hiroshima on the day the bomb came down. Wow. Survived. And he, then he went home to Nagasaki. Oh my God! And survived that bombing. Jesus! Or it's the other way around. But he's like a traveling salesman. Wow! And he survived both. So that dude's yeah. up there. You yeah. know what I mean? He could be leading the pack. He's glowing green now. Uh, yeah. You know, he, he lived. Yeah, he did. He lived. Fuck! I can't imagine that. No. Has there ever been a nuclear bomb dropped after Nagasaki? That's it, right? Uh, I mean, there was testings of bombs. Testings, right? But nothing like in attack. No. Interesting. Not that I can think of. That's amazing that we've held off for 70 years doing that. It's a cataclysmic event. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're capable of so much horrible shit as human beings. Well, I think about the magnitude of power at the disposal of a certain handful of individuals in the world when it comes to that ballistic capability. Yeah. ICBMs, we would wipe the world out a couple times over easily. Right. That's fun. I'm just saying. That's fun. I I mean, it, it. the number is so absurd, it doesn't make sense, so I don't even really think of it as a reality. That's fair. That's fair. Even though I know it is, but yeah, it's just so obscene, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was number 10. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way we're starting. What's your number nine? <laughs> number nine is uh, Cliff Worley from True Romance. Uh, okay, that's my number eight, so I think we can talk about it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Hasso says his monologue, when he knows it's coming alone, gets him on the list. Oh, Yeah. I've got, uh, okay, it's one brilliant scene. This is from Grebner. Oh, no, yeah, Grebner. To be sure, but it's a hell of a scene, a moment where an estranged father redeems every regret he's ever had in his relationship with his son in a moment of sacrifice, while simultaneously taking the piss out of Christopher Walken's mobster in the most entertaining way possible. Aside from maybe Blue Velvet, has Hopper ever been better? Well, you'd argue Easy Rider. I don't think Easy Rider holds up all that well. Really? Okay. It's fine. Fair enough. It's fine. It's a collection of... Scenes that don't really have a distinct through line other than they're passing through. Okay. 
Well, uh, I don't really like him in Blue Velvet. I, I can't get into that movie. I've tried numerous times. It's ridiculously stupid. Okay. And so it's not for me. It's not for me. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Lynch guy. I like Wild at Heart. I like Straight Story. And maybe that's it. I don't like Lost Highway. Didn't like Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive was so weird. It's always stuck with me. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the point. The, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't know the point of that movie. Yeah. That's a, yeah. There you go. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember seeing it the first time. I was like, "What? What yeah. did I just view?" Yeah. And it's so I don't know. It's out there now. It is. It is. But uh, this is this is a great dad. This is a great scene. Huh? Huh? I am huh? pot. You are pot eggplant. Huh? It's a great scene. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen this too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah you, know. you go on that run, right? You go on where you see it multiple times. You love it. It as was much. on for a while, and then yeah. it's like I haven't seen it. You know, yeah. during it since it's run, and since I stream everything now, I have to purposefully go back, right? To you know, hand select whatever I'm going to watch. Yeah, uh, which is nothing worse scanning through like Netflix or something, be like, seen it, seen it, seen it, yeah. seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it, seen it. Don't want to see it. <sighs> nothing drives Lily more insane than when I come home and turn on the Netflix and just flipping through what I want to watch and start going through. She's like. Pick something because I'm going to go to fucking bed right now if you don't pick something. So I usually – well, upset. if I can find something, then I just like, all right, I'll watch an episode of this or I'll yeah. watch this. Yeah. I love it when you get down to the Indian movies that you don't know anything about. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> it's like the, the end of the – and you're like, what is this about? And there's a – it'll go a string of like eight of them and you're like, man – Aladdin's other magic carpet. Oh, what's this about? <laughs> I, uh, others is just some mustachioed, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, copy ish, <laughs> Avenger ish type of dude. And like, okay, and some historical epics. It's just like, I got nothing on yeah. any of this. What All are these this? deals that they worked out with Netflix? And Netflix will put these Look, movies out there. I mean, Bollywood makes money. I don't know if that's Bollywood. I think that's like, you know, the C list of Bollywood movies. They don't look like legitimate Bollywood films. Really? You think the C list is going to get on Amazon? You know what I mean? Don't you think there was to be the A-list? You mean on Netflix? All right, yeah. Yeah, on I don't Netflix. know what deal they have because of international rights. I don't know. Like, I, I don't put it past. Yeah. There's probably a market for it. Or it already got snapped up at like Tencent or something. Yeah. Uh, well, I know Greg Alba's brother, he does a YouTube channel solely on Bollywood and makes buku dollars. I, I believe it. Because they don't do it in America. And so he does it as an American reviewing these films and his YouTube channel is insane. So uh, there's a market for it. So even C-list shit can show up on Netflix and be all right, I think. Okay. <laughs> all right, which number eight? Eight is Thomas Wayne from Batman Begins. Ooh, good choice. Uh, not on this list. All right, Hasso says, I like that unlike other versions, this Thomas Wayne is just a gentle, patient man uh, that I just wanted his son to be, pardon me, that just wanted his son to be a good person. Yeah. Even till the end, he was telling Bruce it was going to be all right. Yeah, man. That's a good scene. Yeah, no, it's... I can't think of a better representation, mm-hmm. even in the animated. I think this is still like a great encapsulation of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just the way he comes down the, after Bruce has fallen through the well, mm-hmm. just the way he comes down and holds him and it says, well, why do we fall to get back up? And then Michael Caine reminds him of it later, or Alfred rather. And that's, it's great. And he's a really good Thomas Wayne. And he is. Yeah. You can see he's patient with his son. Yeah. Um, but that, that single little value alone speaks volumes of who he is. Yeah. You don't need that much. It's a good character development. It's a great superhero line. Yes. That you can lose. I, and I, sadly to this point, I think I'm kind of tired of, uh, with great power. Yeah. yeah. Great responsibility. Cause right. I've just heard it so many times and now it seems like a cliche of superhero films. Right. And to reimagine that kind of line 
just in a different you know fashion. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number 10 is uh, Ted Kramer from Kramer vs. Kramer. Not on my list. Okay. Uh, that's Dustin Hoffman plays him. Uh, Kramer vs. Kramer strongly establishes the tropes for single dads or divorced dads forced to reexamine and redefine their <coughs> lives as caregivers when the wife leaves. A much less common sight on film in 1979 than today. I'm sure Hoffman's performance deserved an Oscar over Peter Sellers in being there, but it's a very grounded, touching portrayal. Oh, I'm not sure, rather, Hoffman's uh, deserved over Peter, uh, Peter Sellers. I first saw this when I was five years old, and the scene of him sprinting to a hospital with his bloodied son in his arms still is etched in my memory. Yeah, but for me, also the way he throws that glass of wine at the wall because he's mad at Meryl Streep, yeah. that's etched in my memory as well. The dude's an emotional, over-emotional, reactionary guy. So you kind of see, although she left him, you kind of see that maybe... I'm sure that wasn't the first time he's done that. So maybe she might have had some reasons to take the fuck off. Yeah. When she comes back to get the child, it is like you're like, oh. that Well, because you've grown with the two of them. Exactly. Because exactly. the story focused on the two of them. Right, right. Uh, you almost come to resent her on some level. Yeah. When she comes back and be like, ah, these, they're good. Yeah. Don't mess this up. They took this long just to figure it out. Now you're coming because you figured yourself out to come get your kid. Yeah. 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 Uh Anyway, all right, we got next? All right, number nine, Marlon. It's Marlon from Finding Nemo. Not on my list. Wow, that's shocking. Hasso, that's shocking. Uh, Finding Nemo, well, while, while one could argue that Marlon's, albeit justified overprotectiveness, ultimately sets the motivation of Nemo's carelessness and subsequent abduction while in school, he more than redeems himself through the singular focus of finding his son at all costs. I like to think of Mar- Marlon as the more neurotic version of Mel Gibson's father in Ransom, and Brooks vocalizes him beautifully. <laughs> I just want to see Albert Brooks saying, give me back my son. That's what I'd like to see. Perfect. <laughs> uh, that's a, Yeah, it's a yeah. good choice. Um, he is a good dad, ultimately, because yeah. he grows along with his son. And yeah, he lets it go, because really, it's his journey in the movie, not Nemo's. It is. It's, his, it's Marlon figuring out how to let go after the death of his wife and after his son's taken... You know, how, how does he do that? Mm-hmm. How does he stop being overprotective? And he figures it out eventually through some crazy stuff. Do you think there was a fish who's ever gone through that? <laughs> <laughs> the deadness in your eyes as you delivered that line. I couldn't tell if you were criticizing me or dropping no, a punchline. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. No, no, just trying to make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, What's your number seven? I mean, there's got to be a fish, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, your fish have been around longer. Seriously, Um, a lot of shit goes on down there. You know? (laughs) If you escape some, like, ichthyosaurus, dinosaur, I think that's what it's called. The big long neck, just underwater demon. The fact that that existed. I hope it didn't look like that because it's like hell on earth opening up. That's in the water. Okay, well, I'm never going in the water. Exactly. Ever. Sharks are one thing. This thing's got a craning neck. I don't understand. It looks like a Mad Lib character. I think God sent the asteroid because he was sick of looking at the crazy-ass fucking creatures on Earth. He's like, oh, fuck that. Simulation went bad on that one. Let's start over. (laughs) We fucked this all up. Oh, man. I thought it was going to overcorrect itself. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to write a joke about that once because thinking about if you go back – you know, insects used to be 
much, much larger because there oh, was yeah. a higher uh, percentage of oxygen in the atmosphere. So oh, wow. they could grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why you hear stories of like dragonflies with six foot wingspans <sighs> and stuff. And you're like, fuck you, man. Fuck you. Can Holy you ma- imagine uh, like a, an eight foot scorpion? <laughs> I'm out of here. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I mean, there's a point at which gravity would pull too much on their exoskeleton, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, six foot wingspan. That's <laughs> insane. It's man. fucking crazy. It's just like, no, dude, this is bad. I'd just be swinging a bat everywhere I go. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> I've been swinging nonstop, just winging, walking around. You're like a, <laughs> on the ground like a hummingbird, just waving these things. Don't you come near me. <laughs> That's your defense mechanism. <laughs> this is all I got. Uh, all right. What's your number seven? Uh, <laughs> number seven is uh, Henry Stamper from Armageddon. Oh, <laughs> I, I knew you were gonna love it. Yes, sir. Uh, I knew uh, it. I, I bet. Sadly, it's not on his list. It's not on his list. What a As, shitty list already. You know what? All right, I will say what okay. what he said first. All right. Um, <laughs> roughneck dad doing his best to raise yeah. a daughter and having yeah. to make the ultimate sacrifice to save her. Yeah, all those things are true. Yes. From that aspect, he is a very good dad. Yes. He is an excellent father. Yes, he is. In this regard. Why but he, he is so also absentee-ish because he's out on those rigs all the time. Well, he's got to provide for the... They're, they're, True. The mom left him too, and her. Okay. I think. But at the same time, there's a selfish nature to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under that guise, he is a, he's a good father. He sacrifices himself. Spoiler alert. He sacrifices himself... For his daughter and for everyone on earth. He's a pretty good dad. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> Hand up on the screen. <laughs> oh, man. We win, Gracie. We, I'm going to go home and watch it right now. God damn. I'm going to open up that uh, D- uh, Blu-ray that we were uh, gifted at our live show in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And watch it, yeah. Well, why isn't that on 4K, for fuck's sake? <coughs> All right. Uh, what's your number six? Nobody needs to see that on 4K. Be quiet. Nobody does. <laughs> the slick car commercial cinematography <laughs> in 4K. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. The heavy like uh, tones that he puts in. Yeah, it's, it's done. Uh, number six is uh, Clark Griswold from Vacation. Uh, that's my number five. Should okay. we talk about it or punt? No, yeah. that's good. Okay. That's fine. Go ahead. Um, great dad just failing more than he is winning in his <laughs> yes. attempt to give his family a perfect vacation. Most dads feel this way. That's what's so great about Clark Griswold is like, I think most dads feel that like Clark Griswold. Even though they're not, they feel that way, that they're losing more than they're winning because like every day is a battle. Yeah. Every single day. It really is like having a second job for the rest of your fucking life. Right? Yeah. I, I mean... You know, I, I, we're both not parents. No. But you speak to parents and you're like, they, they never stop worrying on some mm-hmm. level. And it will always persist. It just dissipates with time as they have less and less control. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's just the immediate shock of 18 to 22-ish. Yeah. It's gone. I have no say anymore. It's just out. Right. Adios. Right. Like, oh, no. That's got to be difficult to deal with. Oh, yeah. The transition always. Uh, yeah. He has a uh, Grebner writes, uh, we can look at Griswold and his obsessiveness with delivering a perfect road trip at the expense of everything is quite dark and traumatic for his family around him. But watch the scene between him and Rusty in the desert, having just crashed their car. And you see the true motivations of a man who having committed to the world of work feels he is truly missing out on his children's upbringing and just wants to prove he can be a great father to the point of investing everything and in making this trip go well. Obviously, his good intentions are off in the path to hell, but Chase balances that crazy with a truly likable, good-hearted nature. So, well, what do we walk away with the 
so oh okay sorry a true good-hearted nature so well that we do walk away with the impression that he is a great father totally nuts but a great father agreed you know what's crazy about this? So he has this, but he hasn't seen Christmas Vacation. I know Hasso hasn't. Oh, my God. Because he tweeted us the other day. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to watch it this week. He's like, save it for Christmas. Yeah. Watch it at Christmas, but. What's wrong with you, Hasso? All right, that was your number six. Yeah, what do you got? Right. So number seven is Gil Buckman from Parenthood, Steve Martin. Not on my list. Okay. Had I seen this film more recently, I might honestly have ranked this character higher. The level of realism conveyed by Howard's film is no better represented by Martin's realistically beleaguered dad of three who gradually learns to take the small victories when they come. Thoroughly agreed. This film was kind of monumental in the 80s of showing, like, like the big chill was monumental in showing what people of that generation were experiencing in their worlds. Yeah. Parenthood really captured what people of that generation were experiencing as parents. And so it was a, it was a great film in that way. It mm-hmm. showed you what was really going on and it didn't pull any punches. You had the shitty son who had the, you know, yeah, the, the gambling, child. right. The gambling is you had the black child that he had, that was Thomas Holtz. And then you had, uh, uh, the stuff going on with Joaquin Phoenix and Diane Weist. And yeah. then Steve Martin trying to do stuff with his son. His who, son, yeah. terrible sports. Got yeah. ADD. And yeah, right. Whatever. He just wants him to have a good childhood with the kid. You know, uh, he's an emotional, you know, kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. just sometimes kids are emotional. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's weird when they go from like indistinct blob on some level, emo- yeah. like personality wise to distinct personality. Yeah. And like, no, I like this. And like, okay, that's what you're into. <laughs> All right. All right. You're rounding into shape. <laughs> yeah. Let's see where we go. I'll step back and let you do your thing. Uh, yeah. What do you got at uh, six? Six is uh, Armand Goldman from The Birdcage, Robin Williams. That's a punt. Oh, that's, that's a punt. great to hear. All right. What's your number five? Uh, oh, shit, man. I Okay. Well, Frank Buckman from Parenthood. I apologize. Oh, so it was on there. Yeah. I oh, great. Sc- I'd scooted up no past worries. it. Um, what does he say? Uh, everyone wants to give it uh, to Gil, but it's Frank. I mean- Look at the lunacy of what he has to deal with oh, wait, from his adult children. Yeah, Jason Robards. Exactly. Oh, wow. Even amongst all of that, he was willing to take on his grandson while still raising Gil and his other children. That's a great point. It is. It is. He resigns himself to, he knows he can't change the demeanor or nature of his son. Yeah. And steps into the fatherly role for the grandson. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, a, tougher mo- it's a tougher film than people think. It's a tougher, there are tough moments in that film. Uh, that was your number five? There's a lot of them. Yeah, That's right? the reason I don't go back to rewatch it. There's oh, a really? lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I know the entire backwards and forwards. Yep. I know all the beats, but I don't I don't need to see it again. I've seen it like two, three times, and that's yeah. more than enough. You got it. You got yeah. the point of it. I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I understand what it is. I understand why they did it and why yeah. it would resonate, and I saw it as a kid and didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And then saw it a few years later, and I was like, nah, it's, it spoiled me as a kid. Yeah. It's yeah, just too yeah. depressing a movie. It is. It, it is, is, actually. Uh, what's your no- so that was your number? F- that was my five. five we so- did your five. Right. So what's your four? Four. All right. <sighs> Avengers Endgame Iron Man. <sighs> I don't want to read his description, even though he keeps it brief. Okay, because of spoiler. I, yes. All right. I mean, the movie's made one point two billion dollars. It has. But it's only it's only one sentence. He's really okay. it's, it's it's just all right. We'll leave it there. I don't know yeah. how he's a dad though. Oh. Uh, okay. Fine. Um. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't even right. want to get into that. All right, all right, all right. let it be. Uh, number four for me is uh, Noah Levingstein from uh, American Pie. 
No. Wow. Uh, Eugene Levy plays this. Has there ever been a more understanding, unflappable dad than Levy's Mr. Levenstein? Agreed. If you can turn <coughs> witnessing your son fucking a pie into a teachable moment, then your dad's skills are beyond 99% of us. I would argue that the relationship between Jason Biggs and, Le- and Levy, Eugene Levy, is the primary reason that America Pie continues to resonate infinitely above other teen sex comedies of that era. I thoroughly agree. This film still holds up. The other ones, not so much. But this one yeah. certainly still holds up. There is genuine connection between Levy and Biggs. Mm-hmm. And also the journey of the kid. Look, we all want to make fun of Jason, but we all, as men, had our own fucking journeys. To, yeah, like, everybody had their own kids. weird awkwardness. Yeah, doing strange shit. Yeah. Uh, I used to fuck my mother's bear rug to jack off. And it's like, but that's what you did when I was a kid. And I was like, it's crazy. But if anyone did a movie about that, I'd be made fun of. But then other people would be like, yeah, I've done some crazy shit too. It's just how it is when you're discovering your sexuality, your body, things like that. But let's rewind for a second. (laughs) What? Bear rug? So... Yeah, was my, it just f- a faux fur? Or was yeah, it a- it's faux fur. It was like a f- one of those rugs. But it was smooth to the touch, son. It was soft to the touch. So I could get I, I get what needed to be get done. Uh, oh, we understand. Rug. Yeah, okay, we understand what you said. I fucked. Look, I got the- no shame. We all did it. Oh, uh, yeah, we did. I just, in my head, bear rug. So you just found the manliest thing in the house, and you're like, I'm going gonna- to mount it. I'm going to assert my dominance. <laughs> like a dog. On this bear rug. I'll dare you come into my house. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Uh, all right, let's move on. What's your number three? Three right? is uh, Mac McGuff from Juno. Oh, great choice. Uh, not on the list. All right, Mr. Hasso says, in the face of what could be a father's worst nightmare, he is able to be supportive and earnest in a situation where most dads would ostracize their children. Hmm. Uh, never seen it. Oh, you never seen Juno? The dialogue wow. alone. Oh, you're not from a, the, the. I got it. No. I just I was like, I'm not going to buy these characters. No one. What's her name again? Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so really? no. Oh man, I've I, seen I bits like and pieces. Okay. But okay. I respect that. It's it's just too. <laughs> it's too cute. It's too quirky. Okay. But everybody shares in the same. They all had the same blah 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 like right. rat-a-tat, you know, fire. Right. And colloquialisms that none of us have ever heard. And they're all like, yep, I know exactly what that means. I mean, you do contextually. Sure. But at the same time, if it's just nonstop, it's like, okay. Is that, is that a... We're inventing our own version of our, our language, I guess. <laughs> is that a dorkable term, is what you're saying? It's like a dorkable. Uh, or worse. Yeah, or but it's like that. Uh, that's a, something you can't undo, home skillet. Oh, it's a, yeah. And it's just like a, all right. But if that's if he's got numerous of those, and then so another character does, and another character does, and he's like, okay, so everybody's got numerous catchphrases. I can see that. Over and over. <laughs> This just takes me out of the reality. Of yeah. it. I'm sorry. I respect that. Uh, all right. My number three is uh, Darren McGavin, The Old Man in Christmas Story. Okay. Not on the list? Not on the list. Oh, wow. He says, if we were to ascribe the qualities of what comprises a traditional dad, one that is relative to the experiences of most people, at least those who have fathers present in their lives, I think McGavin in A Christmas Story embodies those attributes best. The grumpy and loving old man does nothing truly historic, doesn't sacrifice or move many mountains from a global perspective, but in the end, he does the one thing that moves every possible mountain for his child. He figures out exactly what he wants for Christmas, and he delivers. He's a rock of a husband and a father, exquisitely portrayed by McGavin, and I relish that moment every year when he can become my father for a couple of hours. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah. Tribute. Damn, Grebner. Um, yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know that he would make my list just for what he said. It's just the mundanity of what he does. Yeah. 
I it wouldn't spark the mind of, oh, that's a great movie dad mm-hmm. type of thing. But I totally get it. That is more true to life. He's the most relatable dad. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Seems like a regular guy. Yeah, with if flaws and all. Mm-hmm. And the movie certainly shows that, you know. With like electric sex in the window. Uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is the punt from earlier, Mr. Armand Goldman mm. from The Birdcage. Okay. Uh, you want to say which? Coldman. Coldman. <laughs> the G is silent. Oh, well, I can certainly see several of Rob Williams' characters showing up on this list. It's Armand that sticks out to me the most, namely the lengths he will go to to help his very, very wrong-headed, by the way, son, even so far as to hurt his partner. Ultimately, things work out, and the truth and love win, yada, 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 but it's the commitment to be there for your son, even at the expense of one's dignity, that puts him high on the dad list, even if we disagree with the son's reasoning. I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, He puts his relationship and identity on the line to help his son, hating it the whole time, but powering through to make his son and future daughter-in-law happy. For me, as hilarious as the movie is, he is just the epitome of of, or self-sacrificing dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I agree with that. It says or, but of... Damn it, asshole. You're making both of us look bad. It says or. Should say of. Damn it. Uh, he is. Williams, I mean, the the look in his eyes, he's just so yeah. paternal and just kindness and whatnot. You could, yeah. you could, you know, go after other movies and be like, well, the movie's not that great, but right. he is a good dad in it. I liked him a lot. Yep, he is. The film is still so funny. And it works uh, so strongly because of the relationship he has, with, not only with his son, but also with Nathan Lane, the character of Nathan Lane. Yeah. And what they go through. It's fantastic. And he's so and he sacrifices it all. And I love how, you know, Robin, when you watch his stand-ups, and you know, of course you know this, mm-hmm. Matt, when you watch his stand-ups, that's a frantic energy son of a bitch. So to see him in a, in a role like this where he has to sit on top of it the whole time was really fun to watch, man. Because, you yeah. know, because there's comedy, there's all kinds of crazy comedy going on around him, but he doesn't want to play it. He's trying to play it as straight as possible, which is great. Uh, it is, and, you know, it's such an excellent movie. If you guys haven't seen it, yeah. it's a good comedy. Um you know, you get him, Nathan Lane. Yeah. What is it, Hank Azaria? Hank Azaria was like great. the Cabana Boy in yes. essence. Yes. Doing uh, his best uh, Latino. Yeah. Accents. Gene Hackman is the daughter's father. Right. It's Callista Flockhart's daughter. Uh, Callista Fly. There you go. Right. Um, the dude's name I'll never pull. And it's Diane Weist. Diane Weist. Yeah. The dude's name. He became a producer in Hollywood. He's still producing oh, really? stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forget his name. Futterman. Something Futterman. I think is what it is. I think it's Dan Futterman, but I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. That's a tough pull. That's, I mean, that's deep. Yeah. That's a five-pointer, maybe. Well, I mean, act, the weird thing is uh, the one, one of the two guys in the office. Yeah. Uh, told me what Saturdays the final two questions were. Oh, yeah. It came down to, and uh, I got both of them. Me too. Yeah. And he was like, dude, nobody in the room knew the second one. How I was is... like, how, there's only three, there's only three people in it. Yeah. There's three people. How can you not remember how, how the not, third? And how do you not know, remember her, who's been in so many other things? I know. That was but I was just like, blow. that was easy. The, the, the other one, I guessed. Yeah. And, but I was like, ah, it's probably you know, such and right. such. Right. And he was like, bingo. And then he gave me the second one, not his. Uh, mm-hmm. It was like this. And I was like, oh, yeah. and I just was like, boom, three-parter. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil. <laughs> I don't know when that comes out in the sequence of events. I think I kept it vague enough. Yeah, you did, because you didn't say who was playing and what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Uh, Let's move on. What's your number two? That was my two. So what's okay. your two? Uh, Jor-El, Marlon Brando okay. for Superman. 
Uh, you obviously not, not okay. on my list. Okay, hear me out on this one. You are going to have to send your child into another galaxy, knowing full well you are going to die. How do you prepare? Prepare for this. Well, if you are Jor-El, you spend thousands of hours recording the answers to every possible question your son may ask so that at his most vulnerable moment when your son is questioning who he is and why he is, you can spend a decade to train and teach your son about his history, his culture, and the universe while guiding him to make the decisions and... And that will turn him into a superhero. Jarrell very likely spent the last 10 years of his life, including a full nine years when his wife wasn't even pregnant, to accomplish this database for his son. Name one act committed by any other father in the film hist- in film history that shows this level of dedication to a son. Damn. I've never heard it presented that way. Sure. But I don't know if time works in the same way on Krypton as it does... On Earth. That's true. Right? That's true. It could be moving much slower, so yeah. an hour for them is a day for us. Exactly. Or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. So he's doing whatever he's doing, but it could be a day. Yeah, yeah. A day is like uh, yeah, a day is like a month for us on their yeah. planet. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. So you can just accomplish that much more. Exactly. Exactly. In a shorter amount of time. But the but the point us. is still valid that he recorded all this all these uh, tapes or videos. For his son to watch while he's in the Fortress of Solitude for 10 years, mm-hmm. growing from the teenage kid to Christopher Reeve. So that's a valid point. It is. I just, uh, it's, he's so, I don't want to say cold. Yes. But because totally. it's just an image of, yeah. you don't really feel any, you know, connection as a viewer right. to him. You understand the importance, but right. I don't know. That's why I enjoyed the Russell Crowe dad better Me in too. Man of Steel. Yeah. So he's actually I. interacting with it. Yeah. You got a better sense of who the individual was as yeah. opposed to just a disembodied head. Right. You know, barking orders at you. <laughs> don't don't do that. Uh, all right, what's your number one? Uh, number one uh, is Dr. Henry Jones. Wow. Indiana Jones wow. and the Last Crusade. That is not my number one. He's an excellent father. Okay. It's an excellent choice. Mr. Hasso <laughs> has this to say. You can uh, try to say he is absentee. But he was there through his childhood and released him once he was an adult. Mm-hmm. Through his upgr- upbringing, we get Indiana Jones. You just can't beat that. Okay. Especially since when they are both grown men, he is still t- uh, teaching him lessons. Even man-to-man at the moment of calling him Indiana, he is still mentoring him. Yeah. Uh, very yeah. true. Do you, do you like their relationship? Like uh, overall? Because I'm, I think sleep with the same woman, that's a little weird. Right. Dude, you you fucked a fake bear rug. That's I'm just, but that's a, I, you know, that's different. I'm just saying. She, I'm working stuff out. So are they. Uh, so are they. I guess loneliness in Venice in this romantic town. That's what they're both missing. Fair enough. Although Indiana's was much quicker. Yes, it was much much quicker. <laughs> yes, Good for you. Was. Who knows how long it took Doctor Jones? We well, have no idea. He's saying seventies. I'm sure it took a little bit of time. Uh, but he is when he, when he pivots from. Junior to Indiana. Oh, yeah. And it just cuts through the entire tension of that scene. You can see the overall arc of he's also grown to accept yeah. his son for who his son is. Right. Uh, and now he's asking him to, like, D- trust me. I know you want to rebel. You think I'm this guy that's just trying to put you down. But, you know, yeah. I care about you more than anybody. It's a great moment. It is. It's an excellent moment. It's an excellent choice. Yeah. What do you got Fair in one? Uh, Atticus Finch. To kill a mockingbird. See, that's what I'm talking about. Grebner yeah. kind of gets things. There he goes. This realist finally gave me a reason to watch this movie. Oh, Really? Whoa. A guy that gave us silent movies for a Thunderdome yeah. oh, or something right. back in the day. We watched oh. Metropolis for Grebner. Oh, this one I skips believe. you. This one skips you. Yeah, an all-time classic. <laughs> and Hasso as well. Yeah, Hasso didn't put on the list. Uh, son of a gun, guys. Uh, no wonder you're listening to us. Uh, Atticus Finch, great. Uh, uh, it says, this realist finally gave a reason to watch this movie, which was on my shame list. 
I am well aware that Atticus, Atticus Finch is the quintessential, even cliched response to best movie dad ever. Watching this film for the first time, well, yes, there are a myriad of reasons for this, and I am not going to dispute any of them. Ultimately, Peck's portrayal of Atticus embodies the two essential elements of the best fathers. He's a good man. He imbues that goodness into his, onto his children in ways that allow them to discover those qualities for themselves. <gasps> Moreover, Atticus trusts his children's intelligence while remaining cognizant of their level of understanding and emotion, which makes him adept at explaining not just the bad things of the world, all the while connecting those concepts to the events of their own lives, namely Tom Robinson, but how to find and navigate and pa- uh, how to find and navigate a path through the bad into the good. Peck is incredible. And it truly belongs at the top of the list of movie dads. There you go. I think for that response alone, if you don't have a PhD, I think we can just certify you with a PhD right there. <laughs> just for this specific movie. That was fair enough. That was a That was very well done. Yeah, beat by beat analysis of who the individual was mm-hmm. at almost every moment in that film. That was mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, very good. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's put this list together, Matt. All right. Neither one so, of us have our number ones. No, um, Armand Goldman. Where'd you have that? Five. Uh, six? I had Goldman at six. Yeah, yeah we don't have anything else higher. No. All right. Or no. The, yeah. Right. Well, Parenthood is where yours is where five, and there are two different people. Two different people. Good point. All right, that's our number one then. The uh, Armand Goldman. Armand Goldman. I'm not mad about that at all. I think we have to put Atticus too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. I, it's just a, it's a way it's a way to agree. You love Atticus. If I change the verbiage, it still means the same. <laughs> Bro, listening to our Chicago live show, uh, I was pretty out of it. <laughs> I was getting pretty drunk as it was going on. Wait till number two comes out. Yeah, I know. Listening to yourself back is kind of a weird experience. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you were, you know, you were, you were, li- you were interesting. By the end, yeah. By the end, it was the worst. Uh, oh wow, it was fun. No, 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 it was fun. Yeah, I'm just saying. By the, when you assessed what was around you, if you remember this, yeah. Do you remember getting up and looking about your area at the end of the second show while we were still recording? It was like the last five minutes, ten minutes. <laughs> I think so. And I said, "How much of a mess I left here?" <laughs> yeah, the, the look of distraught on your face. I was because you just had you had piled up all this stuff. You had demanded food, and they sent you the wrong food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. Truth, truth. All right, anyway, all right, let's move on. What, should, what do we got here? Uh, all right, so what's the number one for you? You put that down? Okay. Yeah, we've, we've got one, two, and three done. Okay. Um, after that, what's our next? So we, I've we got Jorel next. What do you have next at number two? We've got to look for commonality. Oh, I don't think we have any commonality. Clark Griswold vacation. Oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. You can put that next. I'm cool with that. Cliff Worley. We have the Dennis Hopper one in common, don't we? Yeah, nine and what? Eight. You want to wait for that one? I think okay. so. Maybe honor some of the hires. What's your next highest? Uh, the f- number two, which is uh, Jorel from Superman. All right. All right. My next highest is three. Okay. Mac McGuff. Sure. Uh, All right. I would say. You want to put it there now? Uh, yeah, Cliff there. Okay. It's seven. Um, we got three left. Yeah, I'm at number three right now on my list. That's uh, Darren McGavin from Christmas Story. Old man, the old man. Okay. The old man. And I'm just going to say the names at the end. Okay. Um, I mean, I have Iron Man at four. 
I feel like we can skip that one. I so I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Hassel. I understand what you're saying, but yeah. I don't know. I have uh, Eugene Levy at number four for American Pie. What's your next highest? Well, do you want to do like a splitsies on Parenthood? Yeah, we can do that. I'm so, done with that. They're both having to understand their children. And he chose Gil. What's Gil's last name? Buckman. Oh, that's right. I'm an idiot. Buckman. They were both Buckmans. Yeah. Um, all right, so number 10, what's your highest left then? Number four, uh, Eugene Levy, Noah Livingston. Done. Nice, he got on the list. That's cool. All right, let's do this <coughs> thing. The top 10 movie dads on the relist, yeah. The relist. <laughs> there you go. Uh, At number 10. Oh, what's Eugene Levy's uh, character's oh, name? Oh, sorry, uh, Noah Levingstein. Levingstein. Right. Noah Levingstein. At number nine. Frank and Gil Buckman. At number eight. Darren McGavin. At number seven. Cliff Worley. At number six. Mac McGuff. At number five. Jor-El. At number four. Clark Griswold. At number three. Dr. Henry Jones. Dr. Jones. At number two. Atticus Finch. And our number one movie dad on the real list is... Armand Goldman. Goldman. The G is silent. Coleman. Uh, so much fun. Thanks, everybody, for sending in these lists. Eric Grebner and Matthew Hassel. Uh, and who suggested it again? Who was the, just the topic? It was Steve Schleckebeyer. Oh, Schleckebeyer. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Alex Akos, for your help with this. Yes, thank do you. Do you have a postscript or anything from uh, Grebner? Uh, no, I do not. He okay. says nothing else other than thanks for letting me be part of it. Um, Do you have anything from uh, what's his name? No, no, the, the from the Hassel. Uh, we have nothing from uh, Mr. Hassel, but that's all right. Yeah, uh, we appreciate all three of you participating and Alex Akos for helping us with it. Um, for Patreon tomorrow, um, yeah. So this comes out on Sunday, Monday. There's going to be an Avengers uh, in-game recap review. Spoiler yep. alert. Do not listen if you haven't seen the movie, although at that point, I would imagine everybody listening will have seen it. For God's sakes. It made $1.2 yeah. billion. I've seen it twice. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. I've seen it twice. Come on, guys. There is time in the day. You can make it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll be coming out for Patreon this Monday, and the following Monday, we'll put it out on you know the feed for everybody else. Yep. But you guys get a little early access to that. And what tier you want to do? You want to do five and up? Says, sure. As five a and up you? works. Yeah. Five and up. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Thank you very much at five and up. Um... And uh, regular show Tuesday, and then we got a surprise extra relist coming oh. out during the week this week. So stay yes. tuned for that. So get on top of it, people. It's happening. A yeah. lot, of, a lot of top ten contents coming. We said once we moved off the uh, the uh, feed for the schmoes, we, we were going to do more and more content. So this is part of it. So get on board, support it, download it, give us some numbers because we're trying to get that advertising to keep this thing going and uh, trying to get attention for it. So. Give it some love. Download it. Tell a bunch of people. Don't ever turn that off telling people about the Top Ten Show. Yeah, please. Every uh, retweet or whatever you can do mm-hmm. helps. Writing yep. a review uh, thoroughly helps. Yep. All of it across the board, whatever tiny bit that everybody listening can help with. And uh, that's it. 
Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks everybody for listening. You follow Matt and Matt knows. Follow me at the Roca says. And if you want to donate, be part of it. Oh, go ahead. And uh, okay, go. You were actually getting oh, yeah. to it. If I, you want to donate, be part of uh, a future relist. You can go to our Patreon. It's www.patreon.com slash the top ten. The number ten there. Go and see there. See the multiple tiers, and they, they'll tell you which ones you can participate. I think it's twenty dollars and above, right? Is that right? Twenty dollars above for this one? Yeah, yeah. For, for the relist, it's yeah, twenty yeah. above, and you also get uh, access to the classic episodes. Mm-hmm. Get a shout out on the show. Now you're getting. Uh, Early uh, advance of the our review of uh, Avengers Endgame. If yeah. we can uh, schedule that into our you know our overall monthly, we'll do this. Yeah, as the summer and Oscar time, we did it in the past quite a bit. Yeah, as, uh, as just, the big ones keep coming down. Yeah, it's just a matter of scheduling and whatnot. But we'll keep trying to create more content for you know our Patreon people. So thank you to all of you. Yeah, uh, that support us there. Once again, Patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten. Yeah, there you go. All right, thanks everybody. Take care. We'll see you soon on the top ten. 